Dollamore? I never listen to Dollamore. I feel that it's bad for the country. And that's a fact because I'm over 50. How the hell do you hang this thing up? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us on this 460th episode of I Doubt It with Dollar. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. Let's start with a little quiz. A little quiz? What is something that I'm worried about right now that I wouldn't be worried about if you were better at your job? <laughs> what? <laughs> What an open-ended. That could be anything. Okay. I will tell you what the answer is. Are you ready? Does it have to do with spiders? It does have to do with the spider <laughs> that was crawling in my during, periphery during, during the, the show. Uh, yes, during the show. <laughs> we actually had to stop the show because it was right next to I my have, head. I have video evidence of what took place. I know. So don't, because what, don't, don't get all it, crazy no. because I will regale the audience with what took place yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You filmed because it was more important to film than to kill the predator that was at my head and then i killed no you chopped two of its legs off which means there's a six-legged spider here looking for us <laughs> so you think there's guts for in- revenge inside for of revenge <laughs> so again if you were better you, at your you job think, you think spider legs contain guts is that what you think no so what was the the schmear I don't know. Of innards. Maybe it vomited from stress. Right on the green screen, yeah. might I add. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right by my head. Anyway, I uh, just thought we would tell you this guys about that. This is outrageous. We had to pause what we were doing we in order to take care of this. We pause anything. Everything's on video and audio. Okay. The entire <laughs> thing is recorded. <laughs> Interesting. Well, maybe that will be a Patreon perk. We will see about that. Don't make promises that you cannot back up. I said we'll see about that. I didn't make a promise. Did you hear me make a promise? No, you didn't. You are especially feisty this evening. It has been a really long week. I don't know if that's the case for you, but it has been a pretty intense, uh, painful, very disturbing week. A lot of working. Um, and because of, in addition to the working, well, it's a lot of working because of the current events, because of mm-hmm. the happenstance, yeah, because of all the craziness that's going on in the country, yeah. I mean, when things are, you know, smooth sailing, when it's just easy, normal chaos, mm-hmm. it's like a regular week, yeah. It's not that way this week. I mean, it's. Um, we're, I think we're facing an existential crisis as a nation. Mm-hmm. Not a great way to open the show, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's what it is. Yeah. So let's, I tell you what, let's do this. Let, let's forego any, uh, any banter, bantery intro segment that we would normally do. And let's just get in. We got a lot of listener communication between Megan Kelly and um, the goings on of the week. 
a lot of people had a lot to say, and we we take a lot of pride in being, I believe, one of the few podcasts out there, especially in this space, that allow people to voice their concerns, to help us move the conversation forward, literally moving the conversation forward by talking about viewpoints outside of the two of us. So let's start there. Um, we've got a few voicemails about the Megyn Kelly thing and an email, I believe, maybe two. And then they will go on from there into the bomber, the, the, the killer in Kentucky, and then the, 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 the raving, anti-Semitic, racist maniac who killed 11 people in Pittsburgh. It, it, it really has been... A terrible week. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. I'm an episode behind, so I don't know if you touched on the subject yet, uh, but I did see Jesse's video on uh, Megyn Kelly and her insensitivity towards blackface and what it does to the psyche of black American culture. May I suggest to anybody who can hear the sound of my voice taking a movie that kind of brings in the psyche, what it does to the psyche of black America to see or to be a part of blackface or anything that's concerning that thing. It's a Spike Lee joint and it's called Bamboozled. It has a great host of uh, great actors that you know uh, that are very popular, quite popular. And, um, you know, it just gives a great insight into the psyche of of uh, black America and what the significance of what blackface has done. So um, with that, I bid you adieu. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Later. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, we appreciate the call very much. Yes, and uh, the recommendation. Yeah, and the recommendation. Yeah, Spike Lee does a good job, especially on matters of race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not totally up to date with everything he's done, but it seems to me that's kind of the Spike Lee wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a phrase he used in there that I think is important, and I think we we didn't do as great a job on episode 459 as we could have. I could have. Relative to that particular phrase. And he says black America. And to juxtapose that and talk about white America. Because I've been doing a lot of thinking about like the, the phrase identity politics. Yeah. Sam Harris. The, all these people now are, are big on talking about identity. How dangerous the and bad. It, yeah. It's so bad identity politics mm-hmm. uh, for America. While completely ignoring mm-hmm. the fact that. He also plays an identity politics game. He just doesn't call it that because he's the quote-unquote norm. He's mm-hmm. the benchmark for society because uh-huh. he's a, an upper-class white male. Right. And the politics that affects him mm-hmm. are completely taken care of by a guy like Donald Trump. Right. So it's not that's not identity politics. That's just regular stuff. Yeah, and everything else is like a nuisance. Yes, that's right. Right. So I I don't I mean we we could have gotten even a more nuanced last episode about that for sure that white people don't necessarily think about blackface because they don't have to think about blackface because they're fucking white everything's go- coming up roses mm-hmm. for white people for centuries mm-hmm. and it's not even a thing they even have to to give thought to mm-hmm. and it's I believe people with a little empathy in them 
that actually give it some thought and think, oh, fuck, yeah, if I was to do, if I was to be in that position, that would probably be a shitty thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Well, we have an email from Jen in Long Beach that will get right to the heart of what you were just saying. Perfect. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Dear Brittany and Jesse. I listened to episode 459 on Megyn Kelly and wanted to weigh in on the subject of dressing as a black character and dressing as a regular black person for Halloween. Here's the thing. Painting your skin to look like another race of human, no matter what the circumstance, is asinine and steeped in racism. Our color is not a costume to be put on by white people for a night, then washed off when done because we live with this skin and its pain every day. Pretending to be our color for fun, then ignoring the suffering it brings us 364 days out of the year, basically says we only exist for your amusement. Why do you need to color yourself? Do black characters not have any other defining characteristics than their skin tone? For a country that prides itself on being colorblind all the time, Halloween seems to be the only day Technicolor exists. I mean, I've seen many black girls dress as Cinderella for Halloween, and not one painted her skin white to match the character. The dress and hair was enough, but every fucking year, we have to have the same PSA about not wearing our skin as a costume. Every year. I don't care how many black friends you have or how non-racist you are. Blackface is offensive in all of its forms, and there is no instance where it wouldn't be racist. Nuance does not exist here. Granted, I'm not the queen of all black culture out there, and there will be some with a different opinion than this, but seeing people dress up as a black character and color their skin says to me that you don't see that black character at all. You just see the race. And that hurts. I don't know how to end this email, but I'm just exhausted having to explain this shit every year. Thank you for reading. Jen from Long Beach. Well, thank you, Jen from Long Beach, very much. It is... uh this is exactly the conversation I wanted to have. This is exactly what I wanted to take place uh, with us start, you know, talking about it mm-hmm. and, you know, ad- admitting that we didn't have any any people of color mm-hmm. to bounce things off of. I mean, we do ultimately because we have the audience, but not immediately in the room. What Jen wrote is not only important, it is critically, well, powerful personal and powerful yeah jen did message me and say she should uh she could be our correspondent i told her that she would need to be on call so it's it's a serious it's a serious position that you (laughs) will need to take seriously if that's the case (laughs) but yeah i think that it's powerful and it's also something for example that megan kelly needs to hear right um obviously i mean it, it depends on if you believe that she really doesn't know this already and i don't know if she's ever heard it put like that, but it seems to me that maybe she does need to hear it put like that. Right. Um, but I think she's just going to be getting her $69 million payout and she's going to go be on her way. Um, and that's unfortunate, but I think that we haven't mentioned that, that she's on her way out. Yeah. She's, she didn't show up for work the next day. And well, she did not show up. They told her, Hey bitch, don't show up. Well, whatever it was, she wasn't there. Um, But yeah, so I I think that it's important. I'm happy that Jennifer sent in that message and we really appreciate it. Yeah, listen, it it, it shifted how I think about things. Because again, I just, I've, I've, I've lived a different experience and I don't have a window into that. And it's, it's good to have a firsthand account of, of the trouble 
that it causes someone to it's it, just a beautiful way to put it you mm-hmm. know the, the the someone puts on black skin for an evening for fun mm-hmm. and then gets to wash it off and go about their day back into their whiteness it's just to not pay attention to that and to not give credence to that outlook is it's short sight it's stupid mm-hmm. yeah so thank you Jen for the email we appreciate it very much uh let's keep rolling Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Robin calling from D.C. And I'm calling mid-episode because I couldn't hold it any longer. Um, just listening to you guys about the Megan Kelly segment and blackface. And I can certainly say, as a black person, um, I can't speak for all black people. I can just speak for myself. Um, I do think it's offensive whether you do it as part of a costume or whether you do it with um, malicious intent to be mean and hateful. Uh, you shouldn't do it either way. However, I, do, I don't believe that Julianne Huff was being mean or hateful or racist when she did it. I think it was just a bad choice. Um, but I do have to say something that's really kind of funny. So, as you guys know, my husband is a big Trump supporter. And we had the issue, we had the, I'm sorry, we had the, the discussion about Megyn Kelly and the remarks. And, and I said the same thing. I think Jesse may have said on his YouTube channel that, like, what black people have gone around in whiteface. I mean, if I were to be in whiteface, I'd probably be dressed as a clown. Um, and so my husband's response was, oh, that was a terrible, offensive movie out that you used to laugh at called White Chicks. And, and those, the Wayans brothers were going in white face as two white women. That was terribly offensive. And I thought, hmm, I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought the movie was funny. I even thought the movie Soul Man from the 80s was funny, and that was a movie about a white college student that went in blackface to pretend he was a black student because he was getting in as a minority, like through affirmative action. I haven't seen that movie in years. I don't know. You guys probably haven't seen it, but I actually thought the movie was funny. Um, I have a sense of humor. I'm married to a white guy that's a conservative Republican. <laughs> but um, obviously I do take offense with some things, and I was offended by what Megyn Kelly said because I don't like her. Sorry, guys. Anyway, love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. So I have to say, unfortunately, Robin, I'm – I'm sorry, but I haven't seen White Chicks. Um, I know what movie you're talking about. I know what the characters look like. I remember that. Um, I'm uh, certainly not offended by that. I haven't seen that movie, but it's a piece of shit. It has nothing to do with Whiteface. <laughs> That's just not a funny movie, I can tell you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, w- was was Robin's husband serious? He thought that that was offensive. The White it sounds chicks. like it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't think it would be offensive. Do you think he thinks it drew attention to hundreds and hundreds of years of mistreatment and abuse? 
and rape and torture and murder and slavery of the white race? Of the I white, mean, what, of white blonde women. How dare they do that? Blonde women have been struggling for centuries and all they're doing is poking fun. Yeah. <laughs> what does what that even... What is he doing? I mean, I want to make fun of her husband, but... He's kind of a that's kind of a dingus move. Yeah, I It's a little like the blind spot is enormous. Yeah. It's also he's like getting offended on behalf of blonde white women. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't need to do. You know, I, I don't know cuz I'm not a blonde white woman. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me blonde and they I think they played high. You know, they it was kind of a uh a Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie kind of uh, making fun of them kind of a thing, I think. In, in the movie White yeah. Chicks? Yeah. So, white blonde women of a very high socially economic s- standard, mm-hmm. they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what were the jokes? <laughs> oh, let's go to Starbucks. Yeah, oh, I, there let's... was probably Starbucks Are jokes. Are you wearing Uggs? You know, yeah, there was just probably like Uggs same... joke. There was probably yeah. Chihuahua jokes. Yeah, and we, we've heard Dog them. manicure jokes. Yeah, we've heard them. We just get it. come on. It's not offensive. Bro, calm it down. <laughs> also, if you're worried about it, stop drinking Starbucks and wearing Uggs and being <laughs> dumb. No, not him. You think her husband wears the Uggs? And no, I'm talking about blonde women. Drinks the fra- That are upset about the white girl. I, I don't think there are probably many. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Robin, thank you. We love you so much. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. And Earth, Wind, and Fire forever. Hi, my name is Lamar Ellis from Starkville, Mississippi. And I wanted to address the topic of white people and their year after year refusal to understand why black face is wrong, just in case no one else did. I heard Jesse say that Julian Huff may not be racist just because she wore blackface. But let's not pretend like this woman is a child. She should know better. Year after year, a different white celebrity, a dumb frat boy, uses blackface. And every year, we have to explain the history of blackface. I won't go into it because it's all over the internet. But I will say this. Our skin is not a part of the costume. Black is not a skin color. It's what's in you. It's our DNA. It's our experience. It's our heritage. You can't wash it away at the end of the night or remove it like it's a mess when it becomes inconvenient. The Hulk, Mystique, Jason, Silver Surfer are all fictional characters. So feel free to paint your skin all colors necessary. But Luke Cage, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, and even Crazy Eyes are all representatives of real people. It's not their skin color. What's on the outside that made them. It's who they are within And for white people to reduce it to something so simple, it's insulting. So again, our skin is a manifestation of our heritage, not the key factor of our greatness. Also, I want to give a shout out to uh, M.K. Williams from Fox News for helping uh, reinforcing my perspective on this issue. Throughout the conversation, you guys, we work. Well, that was a great call, and I think that um, for sure Jennifer uh, kind of set you up there to really finish the thought, um, because yeah, I mean Je- uh, Julianne Huff. I just looked up her age uh, while he was talking, and so she would have been twenty five 
when she dressed as crazy guys when she did the blackface yeah you know i think it is lamar said it right she probably should have known better um and it's bad and you know she took her lumps and i i guarantee goddamn tea she's not going to have another blackface costume in her life um and the other thing is that lamar said that i thought was just awesome and that their skin is not a part of the costume and i've seen several people in the wake of this controversy post pictures of their kids who either went to Malcolm X or whomever, and they're just wearing a suit with round glasses and a bow tie mm-hmm. with white skin. Yeah. And their regular white kid hair, you know? You don't have to take it to that next level. Because if, if a black kid goes as, as a white person, like Albert Einstein or something, they'll probably wear the crazy hair. But they're not painting their skin white. You know, it just, it is a difference. There, there, there is definitely a difference. So, uh, Lamar, thank you for the call and the very adroit perspective. We, we appreciate it uh, oh so much. Now let's go across the pond to our gentleman um, European correspondent of color, <laughs> Mr. Wayne. Hello, beautiful humans. It's your friend Wayne from the UK here. And I would like to talk about Megan Kelly. What an absolute twat. Now, she's what I would class as a weather vane racist. In the sense of, if she's comfortable around people, she will say what she really thinks. But she's guarded around other people. Case in point, she's on a panel where she's talking about um, blackface with a load of white people. So she says, oh, no, it was all right back in the day. Yeah, of course it was all right back in the day because she was around people that will be happy with that. And as soon as she gets called out, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't believe this. Uh," And this is what I mean by the the weather vane um, analogy. So when she's in good company that she feels safe she can drop the the mask and drop the illusion and say what she really feels but then when she gets called out on that the waterworks come and it's it's so transparent she's just one of these people that just wants to go with a popular popular opinion just to get money and that's why her ratings have dropped that's why no one really cares about her and and what she wants and I meet so many people like this because I'm like very casual and easy going when it comes to racial things because I want to live in that world where I'm judged by the character of my heart and not the colour of my skin by the way um, for those that don't know I am of what society would call mixed race my dad is black my mum is white I'm fucking stunning um, <laughs> so that's the qualifier <laughs> and I meet so many people like this because I'm easy going when it comes to to racial things people tend to slip up around me and then they'll go oh sorry i didn't mean you wayne i didn't mean you and i'm like mate i know you didn't mean me but you know you're kind of showing your true colors and i think there's a lot of that that goes on there's a lot of people that will be like oh i'm not racist here's my brown friend or here's my black friend here's my asian friend whatever but when they get, around, you know, like that frat boy sort of um, mentality, when they're around people that they're comfortable with, they let it all out. 
And that's all she is. Um, I don't really know what else to say. She's a bit of a div. Um, Brittany is always the best part because she reigns in that ginger sausage that is Jessie D. Anyway, have a fantastic weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Thank you, Wayne, as always. Um, Yeah, I think that we could have had a better discussion about Megyn Kelly as well. And actually, something interesting has been happening over the past few days, which I think should have happened maybe before she got her job. You mean other than her getting (laughs) shit-canned? Yeah, I've been seeing a number of articles about her previous racist comments. Oh, yeah. And I think it is different uh, because I didn't see this response when she was getting her job at, at NBC. I would have noticed. I've been following the same people <laughs> right, right, right. for quite some time. But Kirsten Powers wrote a column in USA Today. and Kirsten, Kirsten Powers, who's a former Fox News contributor, now a CNN contributor, Right. she wrote this USA Today column. Sorry, and, go ahead. And she used to spar with Megyn Kelly over at Fox News all the time. And On so air. She, yeah, so she's very... No, they would have like a fight club um, in the basement. <laughs> Uh, In the alley on 6th Avenue. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, So there are far more problematic statements than just Santa and Jesus being white. Yeah. And I didn't know the extent of it. I mean, I, I just did not know the extent of it. And Kirsten Powers really lays it out. Um, her problematic stances on police brutality, talking about a black teenager in a bathing suit that was pinned to the ground by a police officer, calling this girl, this teenage girl, quote unquote, no saint, talking about Sandra Bland and how she would still be alive if she just complied with police yeah, that's orders, the worst. Um, dismissing a Department of Justice report, finding racial bias in the police department at Ferguson, Missouri, arguing that, quote, there are very few companies in America where you won't find racist emails. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes goes on and on and on. So it's very problematic. And And well-documented. What's interesting is, where was this column before she got her job at NBC? Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Where was Kirsten Powers? Like, hey, why is NBC hiring her? Yeah. She's done all this racist shit. And not just Kirsten Powers, but... All these other articles I'm seeing now that are going beyond the Jesus and Santa thing. Because when you heard about racist comments uh, and Megyn Kelly, what did you hear? All I heard was Jesus and Santa. Jesus and Santa are white. Um, And these specific things where she's talking about um, people in the black community suffering from a thug mentality, right? These things. I mean, that is irredeemable. Yeah. You, You know, you can't be giving someone, how much was she making every year? Like $17 million. In her contract? Yeah. A crazy, a crazy amount. Yeah. I mean, her payout's like $69 million. Yeah. This She's being fired, and they're cutting her a check for almost $70 million. So ultimately, she's being rewarded yes. for her exactly stupidity right. yeah. here and her racist comments. Yeah. Ugh. So do I need to make it clear that I'm no longer a Megan Kelly fan or is that already clear? I think it's pretty clear. Well, it's clear to me because you've been ranting about it since you read that article well, in USA Today. I also want to say, um, because part of this article, Kirsten Powers kind of indicts blonde feminists for 
not speaking out sooner, which Kirsten Powers is also blonde, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she didn't speak out sooner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Number one, I was thinking more about what it was about Megan Kelly that I liked, and I think it was a lot of her like strong female behavior, her projection of strength. Yeah, like yeah. even on the debate stage with Donald Trump, yeah. when when he talked to, when she asked the question about his treatment of she women, she was a boss, and he tried to laugh it off, and she was always pretty good in those situations when she was going up against men who were sexist or otherwise disrespectful. She could hold her own against like Bill O'Reilly when he got a little too the way Bill O'Reilly acts. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so I think those things were what I really liked about her. But, you know, I can find that in someone else who isn't racist and doesn't side with the police in every instance of police brutality. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the important thing. And who thing. doesn't advocate or make excuses for fucking blackface. Yeah. So I think that those people <laughs> should be elevated. Uh, people who are not making these comments, people who are not making these arguments, um, and maybe a person of color can fill her spot was, on the Today Show. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, I really, I think that they could... They would benefit from a little diversity over there. I mean, it's not like they've done a bad job, but they've got some bad shit in their past, even just recently, about trying to bury the the Harvey Weinstein story and this, and it's the Matt Lauer goddamn thing. It's it's kind of a bummer over there. Mm -hmm. And we got a couple more calls on this, and then we're going to move on to the terrible American week. Hey, y'all. It's Meg from Arkansas. Um, I firmly believe that Megyn Kelly was being completely tone deaf and ignorant to the world around her, and she doesn't deserve any type of sensitivity for that, and I do think the standing ovation was kind of shitty. Um, blackface is racist, and I'm a white woman, and it's racist, and I, I need people to know that because I don't want people dressing up as black people when they're not black that's not genuine i understand the spirit of halloween but goddamn, it's it's not that important it's not and i see your point jesse it's not deliberately racist when someone goes as crazy eyes for instance for halloween a couple of years ago my wife and i went as iced tea and cocoa we were very conscious doing my wife's makeup, you know, with the facial hair and all of that, not to use any type of darkening agent because that's not genuine and that's shitty. And lo and behold, nobody got it, which was fine. <laughs> I had fun as Coco because I just, I wanted to be a bimbo for the night. That's what Halloween's about. But yes, blackface is shitty and it's rude it's absolutely rude and nah I, I think Megan Kelly is deserving of all of the backlash and the mea culpa no it's trash it's bullshit so anyway love the show Brittany's the best part bye love the show Brittany's the best part bye I, I would agree with Meg on that that the the tearful come to Jesus moment was pretty contrived. So, I'm glad somebody else <laughs> buys into my theory there. Yeah, well, that's why she didn't come to work the next day. That's right. 
Yeah. She just called in sick. Yeah. <laughs> she called in. I'm a. I got a case of the <coughs> racism. I know. I can't come in. <laughs> I know this is a weird timing, guys, but I'm not going to be able to make it in tomorrow. <laughs> I know things are going super well on the show, but... Can we just run a rerun? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to be Thursday, but a Friday rerun would be perfect. <laughs> so we have one last call on this, and then we'll do the mid-roll, and then we'll move into some other another subject of calls. But um, Kelly from New England, going to grad school, uh, she gave us a list of books I think that are very good related to this, and... Um, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to broadcast, as it were, these suggestions. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Brittany. It's Kelly from New England. I know I have been calling a lot. Um, uh, just about Jesse's questions about race and intentionality. Uh, I'm getting my master's in American studies, which is kind of where American history and all those other kind of neglected histories cross. So you, the way we historicize things is looking within like the social context. Anyway, I, what we study, a big part of what we study is critical race theory. And I can answer your question in a very academic sense. It would take a little bit of labor. Uh, and if you guys want me to do that, uh, let me know on DM on um, Twitter, and I can give you kind of a more academic sense of what I'm poorly articulating uh, and, and how race is, is contextualized within people doing blackface and what that means and whether it's good or bad um, and how that affects people of color and why it's not a super great thing. But um, other thing I had was a book recommendations for you. Um, uh, white Fragility by Robin DiAngelo along with her book, What Does It Mean to Be White? Um, because white people are not very used to racializing themselves or seeing themselves in a racial context. It's why Sam Harris pushes back when people say that his being a white man is part of his identity politics. He doesn't seem to, but white men are just what exists. Um, but um, so you want to talk about race by um, Aija Omar Oluo, excuse me. Um, and what does it mean? Oh, excuse me. And uh, I'm still here by Austin Channing Brown. Cheers, we cannot stop by Michael Eric Tyson. There's so many books. Uh, I will send you White Fragility <laughs> next week because that is such a good book. Um, but it also speaks to a lot of intentionality in in race relations. But anyway, I am rambling, and I do not mean to. But again, I can give you a very concise academic view of blackface because it's literally my area of expertise, but it would be laborious. So let me know. Okay, I'm sorry. Rambly. Read those books. Okay, bye. Thank you, Kelly. We really appreciate it. I love recommendations, especially book recommendations. I Maybe also, we'll end up with somebody on the show. I also love that you're going to send us a book that is very special. Um, I P love P.O. Box fifteen eight twenty two, Newport Beach, California nine two six five nine. We will call that our Halloween present. Thank you, Kelly. Um, well, if you need it back, we'll send it back. Yeah. Oh, did you say you're, we need it back? <laughs> you need it back? She didn't say that, but oh. I'm giving it the giving it the out. Sure, if it's a library, we'll do that. If yeah, yeah. We'll, we will return it. Um yes. So, I think that if Kelly's willing to do extra work, then 100% we would love to see it and we would love to share it with the audience too. So, maybe you could call in and give an in-depth report on your academic research. That would be fantastic. I, we know you have nothing better to do. Yeah, we know. We know that. Grad school, super, super yes. 
the it's the antithesis of time consuming. So yes, of good course. times. Listen, six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. That is where you call to leave your voicemails. Fewer than three minute voicemails. You can also email voice memos as some have done to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to help have you help us move the conversation forward. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Just a little behind the scenes how the sausage is made. When I uh, read the names, I'm always looking at the email. And you deleted the spam email that I was really excited to read. That the subject line was, you are my victim. You know how many of those we get? And it said something about how it like sent a link with porn. And I, I, was, oh, yeah. I was eager to read how we were the victim. I get them both on the I Doubted address and on the, my personal address saying that, hey, listen... We put a virus or something on a porn site, Ooh. and then we, when you went to the porn site, oh, shit. we 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 recorded what video was playing, Ooh. and we turned on your webcam, oh. and we were watching you destroy yourself, or they use some weird Jesus. language, and then we're gonna post them both. Oh my god, online. that's really aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely aggressive. Okay. So anyway, back to the Patreon supporters. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have Carly who upped her pledge. Oh, Carly, let me tell you what I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I put a porn site, <laughs> something or other, and now I have video. Oh, God. Okay, and then our new Patreon supporters, Jan. Jan. Eric. Eric. Kyle. Kyle. Adam. Adam. And Kiwana. And Kiwana, let me tell you what no, I did. No, no. Listen, Kiwana. That's enough. That's enough of that. <laughs> Um, so we got a lot of messages after we read that giant list of names on the previous episode. Yeah, because, it's so great. Yeah, everyone is always really happy for us, and we love that. Thank you guys so much for your support. We are actually 90% of the way to our next Patreon goal. Yeah, listen. And what is our next Patreon goal? It is hashtag third episode. Three episodes a week, every single week right 90 percent if the you way have been on the fence because you saw that it was like 60 percent, 69 percent, yeah that's not the case anymore we're right there yes if you enjoy the program mm. as i want to say uh <laughs> we would love to have you come on board join the patreon family yes and and take part in producing the show helping us do three episodes a week mm-hmm the hellscape that will be three episodes a week yeah that we're looking forward to because mm-hmm. all of it means that we are now we're growing things the audience is growing everything's everything's good yes it's like donald trump right now <laughs> tremendous it's tremendous no, believe it is me. it is tremendous the other thing thanksgiving we are we are demanding that you go and think about what the things that you're thankful for this year Flip open your smartphone and record a voice memo of two, two and a half minutes or less talking about the things you're thankful for. Email that voice memo to idoubtit at dollamore.com and share with us and by extension the world that for which you're thankful. 
and it'll make its way into our Thanksgiving episode, which is a profanity-free, family-friendly, positivity-only uh, episode. <laughs> Positivity-only episode. Yes, exactly. The other thing is we're on Spotify now. So if you use Spotify, search for I Doubt It with Dollamore and uh, follow and listen. I don't know how Spotify works because I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I have it thanks to a beautiful listener. Liz. And, yes. Thank you so much. I still listen to it all the time. Every goddamn day. Yes. You're a maniac. It is a huge Spotify. part of my life. Yeah. D- did you follow the podcast? I did. Oh, good. Yeah. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, thank you guys very much. The other thing is holiday season's coming up. If you're going to spend your money anyway on Amazon, buying gifts for your loved ones or your hated ones, that's the place to do it. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, and it will forward you on. Just forward you right on the Amazon with our little code. We get a little piece. You don't pay any more. Everything works out. Everybody wins, including Jeff Bezos. All right, let's get back to the voicemails and this about the week that we just endured. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Um, this is Courtney from West Virginia. Um, I'm calling about the uh, bombing um, suspect uh, in uh, the case where the Democrats are getting um, bombs sent to them. Um, I know just recently the FBI and Department of Justice have um, apprehended someone they think it is. Um, I'm recording this on 314, at 3.14 p.m. on Friday, so I might have more information by the time you um, air this. But I really just wanted to talk about the reaction I um, saw to it while I was in Starbucks. Um, I was just minding my own business, drinking my uh, tea, uh, when uh, I overheard a man say um, to somebody, they caught that bomber um, person, and then he said, you know it was just a, a left-wing Democrat uh, trying to be all, uh, trying to, you know, spark things. And um, I just thought it was crazy because it took me two seconds of being on my phone to look on the phone and see that he was, um, from the report that I read, he had pictures of Trump all over his van and this, like, seal, the presidential seal, and he was a registered Republican. At this time, like, we don't really know the reason as to why he was, you know, uh, doing all of this, but it just seems, like, crazy to me that, like, even after this happened, that people are still, like, spreading this false information. Um, just wondering what you guys, like, think about that situation. Um, also, uh, wanted to say, uh, anyone listening in Southern West Virginia in District 3, make sure you go out on uh, November 6th and vote for Richard Ojeda for Congress. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Richard Ojeda. That's the solid. That's the the veteran guy with the awesome ads. Yeah, he is a badass. Yeah. (laughs) He's someone that Donald Trump wishes that he could be. Oh, my God. Yes. But I do appreciate the passion in that phone call, especially for facts, because I get just as riled up when I see people spreading false information on Facebook. And it can even be like innocuous things that don't matter. If they're not facts, I don't like people sharing them. Yeah. Because as soon as you speak that into the atmosphere, um, people 
just remember that information, even though it's false. If you're like fact checking something to someone and you tell them the fake news story and then you say, oh, but here's the real part of it. They'll remember the fake one. Yeah, they might yeah. They might be more likely to remember the fake one. And so it's really important that we are careful with the information that we speak to one another and that we share on social media. We should all feel an obligation and a responsibility with the information that we share to be as accurate as possible. That should be a responsibility yeah. that we have. Um, so now I will climb off of my soapbox. And Was that a soapbox? <laughs> wow. Yeah. The shortest soapbox in the history of soapbox. Hmm. So, Courtney's not alone. Mm-hmm. You, my trusty, loyal, listening audience, might think, oh, that's insane. That's crazy. How many people think that? That's, it can't be that many. Well, that would be because of your echo chamber, Maybe. Or if you're in tune, you understand that it's very widespread. Here's Crystal from Maryland with a similar tale. Hey, it's Crystal from Maryland. I'm uh, trying this again for the second time because of my phone cut out the first time I recorded this. So hopefully this goes better. Um, I was just calling in response to episode uh, 459 uh, regarding uh, the bombs that were sent to the Democrats. And when the news uh, first went out about uh, that the man was captured who was sending out the bombs. I was at work, and I was on break. And, you know, when this news first came out, no one really knew what his motives were. You know, we didn't, name wasn't released yet. We had, like, no information besides, hey, we caught this guy. So no worries. And uh, for some bizarre reason, my coworkers had another twist on this. And, you know, they were discussing it in the break room as well. And even though no information was out yet, they knew why he was doing this. They knew. Apparently, he was obviously a Democrat who was sending out these bombs and trying to make, you know, good, honest Republicans look bad. And that the reason that they went off was that he made them so that no one actually get hurt. And this was all just some big conspiracy against the Republicans. And, like, 99% of the time, I really like my coworkers, regardless of the fact that, like, most of them voted for Trump, and my whole workplace is just full of conservatives. Yo, but, like, Trump, it just blew my mind that instead of being grateful that, you know, no one got hurt, no one died, you know, they were just latching on to, ah, yes. This is all planned, and this is all just to shame and just make Republicans look bad. And just, we know what, like, his mo actual motives were now, but just... <sighs> It just blows my mind sometimes, just the train of thought and, like, the logic that uh, some people can, like, get or just the leaps of logic some people can make. And I just, I need to get that off my chest. Uh, thank you so much. Love the show. You guys are doing great work. Bye. I think, I think sometimes, um, I don't know, when, when Crystal was talking about that there, I, I just started thinking about the just world hypothesis um, or Which the, is the just world fallacy for everyone's edification. Um, it, it's a cognitive bias that basically people's behavior um, 
is happening for a reason like it's it's fitting and the consequences to that person are fair and um like a person's actions are going to fit with the consequences for that person Mm. and um at the end all the good things that people do will be rewarded and all the bad things will be punished and everything will be right with the world um, and so there has to be, I don't know, some element that plays a role in conspiratorial thinking where people's automatic in- inclination is to say, this is why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to offer some sort of explanation just to make it fit with their worldview and make things okay. Because when you look at the terrorist attacks and you're like me and you think that could happen to you because you go out in public and you go to the movies where shootings happen and you go to the grocery store and you know, it isn't this thought that pops into my head of, Oh, they must've been a bad person and something. That's why that happened to them or, Oh, that person's a good person. That's why they got saved from that. So it's kind of a protective measure that the brain employs. Some people. Yeah. 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 And I think it might be nice to have that because I don't have that. (laughs) It's always catastrophe right around the bend. But this whole conspiratorial thinking has gone from the dark corners of the Internet. Um, It's no longer just Infowars. That's still a thing, right? Uh, Kind of. Yeah. And it is now on Fox News, which is really shocking. And we heard clips that we're going to play here in a minute um, of Fox News commentators talking about false flag. uh, Wall to wall. Yeah. And even having like actual like news people on Fox News say, oh, fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting because it's likely that Courtney and Crystal, those people they interacted with at work or wherever, were likely... Fox News viewers who listened to some coverage that day on the network Mm -hmm. because it was wall to wall giving oxygen to this conspiracy theory. We do, as you've seen in the past reporting on these events, uh, incidents where um, it's sort of a false flag, if you will. But you talked in your uh, in your notes earlier about the potential that it could be a false flag. We cannot rule out that it's a, a false flag operation as well. Rush Limbaugh suggested today these attacks were actually false flags by the left. The left feels they're losing on many levels, and I feel they're planting these devices just for to play the role of victim. One, we have the, the worst right-wing bomb maker in history, or we have a false flag if, uh, operation where it's a left-wing type of uh, operation to, to create hysteria. Because two weeks before a major election, who's going to be look like the bad guy here? The Republicans. Fascinating. No, Martha McCallum, it's not fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's a... An obvious conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing about the bomber, and Jesse, I think you pointed this out, was the the DNA evidence that allowed the police to track him down and catch yes. him. It was a fingerprint, I believe, and then some sort of DNA. Yeah, I think he left a, a latent fingerprint on one of the 13 bombs, mm-hmm. and there were DNA on only two. 
Right. So he was being very careful. Yeah. He was. He, so it, it's not like oh, I'm crazy guy who's just going to make some bombs and I don't know that it's wrong and I'm not going to try to hide my tracks. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who knew. Right. And everyone keeps like making. I'm not saying everyone. I, why am I talking like Donald Trump? <laughs> People libertarians, libertarians primarily um the comments on reason magazine which is a publication that i like on facebook because i like to see the headlines that come out of there and uh sometimes i read the articles but very rarely but i do read the comments <laughs> and a lot of people commenting on those articles are talking about how it was basically like alarm clocks just dick holes yeah it's not true yeah. not fucking true it's not true and christopher ray the fbi director said right. these were not Hoax devices. Yes. So, I mean, but you have to trust the government to believe that. So are you going to believe the government? Not if you're a libertarian. What a fool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Some more calls about the week. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Kevin from Tennessee, Texas once again. And I just kind of wanted to give my two cents on the recent wave of right-wing violence in America. You know, um, condolences to the victims and their families um, with the shooting in Kentucky and the Pittsburgh synagogue. Um, but I, you know, there's a there's a whole debate now that's basically saying is Trump influencing these people with um, his language, his rhetoric, and I think to really answer that, you just have to look towards the. Uh, press secretary Sarah Sanders because on Wednesday when the first bombs were sent to you know the Clintons the Obamas and others you know she gave out this statement where you know we condemn the violent attacks uh, and she named you know the Obamas the Clintons and she said these attacks are terrible and the Secret Service was on it but then after Trump later on that night goes on attacking CNN the next day, her 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 tone and her words changed. Oh well, you know it's not fair. Or you know this, that, and the third. And if Trump's words really had no effect, then why are you changing your tone? Why are you curtailing your words to not only appease him but to back him up in the media? It's like you understand then that words do have an impact. You understand the spin has an impact. So why? Why can you sit there and say that Trump's saying, uh, like, knock the crap out of him? Oh, I'm praising uh, Gio Forte's uh, bias management journalist. You know, not only that, but, you know, especially with the, with the, with the synagogue shooting, you know, saying Soros is behind it, as well as other people, uh, other members of the GOP, such as Matthew Gates and Kevin McCarthy. You know, how can you sit there and say, you know, his words, you know, why are you trying to attach Trump to this? When you're literally changing your tone and your words based on his words, it, I think that's the most illuminating thing. Well, thank you for your time. Um, and, you know, you two keep the good work. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Yeah, so people have been having this debate about how much blame rests at the feet of Donald Trump. Yes. And I think, obviously, it is fair to say that this terrible political climate is primarily due to Donald Trump and his rhetoric and his refusal to acknowledge or 
tell the truth about his intentions and the things yeah. that he says. Can I can I plug something? Yeah. I have two videos coming out tomorrow about this very topic. Um like a two-part series. It's, it's so much. There's so much Listen, we're 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 almost an hour in here mm-hmm. and it's just voicemails about the week and everything that's going on. So um check out those videos and then what we're going to do I I just decided I'll I'll let you know in real time, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. We're gonna just do the rest of the voicemails and communication from the audience, and then tomorrow night we'll do uh, an episode that's really more news focused and Donald Trump centric to his reactions and everything else, mm-hmm. kind of taking a deeper dive. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna give people a preview of what it would be like to be at a hundred percent of our goal on Patreon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Since right now we're only at ninety percent. Right. Okay. <laughs> I do want to comment, though, on something that Kevin said, and I think it goes more than just tone uh, and um, actual verbal comments that Donald Trump makes. I think that the racist conspiracy theories and the ratcheting up the fear of other people and, for example, with this migrant caravan... Yeah, it's thousands of people. It's a thousand miles away. Yeah. It, they probably won't even be here by midterms. When they do arrive here, it is not going to be in the thousands. It's going to be a couple hundred if they make it. There's people. I mean, you see Bill Weir, the reporter from CNN, who is reporting on the ground with the caravan, and yeah. there's people passing out. They don't have food. They don't have water. They're walking. They are right. walking. A thousand miles. Not only that, they're not going to rush the border and all of them come in. They're going to be, a lot of them are going to be applying for asylum, requesting asylum. And this heartless fucking administration is going to tell them to fucking pound sand. Right. But in that, I, I think that's also not something that they can do. Right. Isn't that illegal? You have to give. We're in the middle of a court battle about it, about exactly how the policy gets, um, you know, whether we have judges that are, you know what I mean? It's, it's. Yeah. It's a shit show. So they're also dispatching dispatching troops to the border as though this isn't, yeah. again, an imminent threat. Like an invasion. Yeah, please. They're not going to be there. Why, why are you sending troops there? They're, no one is there. No, Nothing's going on. Right. And then on Fox News, someone literally asked the question of Secretary Nielsen um, if they're going to shoot people oh my that God. try to come over the border. That is a question that's being posed on Fox News. So it's just... It's getting out of control. And then you have the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that George Soros is funding the migrant caravan, trying to get all of these people here so that they can vote for Democrats. Which I mean, is honestly, a long-standing anti-Jewish trope that gets dragged out for generations. Yeah, so all of this is feeding into the angry, middle-aged white men who are on the internet all the time, who... Um, are like men's rights activists or whatever. Um, and Like this bomber guy who is in his 50s and got kicked out of his parents' house and was living in that white van that everyone has seen. I think it is, he's in his early 60s living at his fucking parents' house. He got kicked out of his parents' yes. house and then he was living in the van, but he is like Donald Trump's number one fan and right. believes that Donald Trump is going to do a lot for him. And the shooter in Kentucky is another guy who's on fucking dis- unemployed on disability. Right, he didn't have a job when he went to test in court. Come on, man. So, and these people love Donald Trump and think he's going to do something for them. So what's motivating it in that case? Well, I think a lot of it is the immigration stuff. Yeah, of course. That, that they're always fear. R- rallying on Fucking about. fear. So, yeah. It's very disturbing. 
it's a great that's a great we just you wrapped it for me really great we've got uh another uh, another voicemail and then an email but you 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 put me right into the pessimistic attitude that carissa has on this call and kind of asking questions about what's going on hey guys it's carissa um so i just want to know and i'm sure other people are but i I'm so exacerbated, I can't even say the word, with everything that Trump keeps, like, getting away with, and especially with this pipe bomb and his reaction to that, and, like, basically telling people just not to pick on him, and I'm I'm at, like, a precipice of just not watching the news anymore, but at the same time, I don't want to become numb to everything that's going on, and I don't want to be ignorant, but, like, like... It just, it's not, <laughs> I don't mean to sound hopeless. <laughs> Nothing is getting better. Everything is getting so bad, and it's just staying bad, and <sighs> I, I know you guys are frustrated, too, and, like, <sighs> and Jesse, I know you know way more about politics than I know, but, like, is this ever going to get better? Like, will he not ever leave the White House? Like, I'm feeling even more despair today than it was the couple of days I called in after he was elected and I think I was practically or I was in tears because I, I, I'm lost <laughs> and I just needed to vent and, and, and I know a lot of other people are feeling the same way and I'm doing everything that I can do like I'm volunteering to drive people to the polling places on voting like I'm doing what I can do but it doesn't seem like enough and I'm I don't know I'm just frustrated, and I know you guys would listen, and I know a lot of the other listeners are, are frustrated, too, so I feel better now that I got that out, but, um, yeah, just anybody else, what are you thinking? <laughs> um, love you guys, and Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So, you are not wrong to feel down about everything that's taking place right now. I also feel down. It is my indomitable positivity, though, that this too shall pass. Donald Trump will not be president forever. The more damage he does, the more people who are waking up all around the country, as evidenced by the the CNN segment we played last episode of the people who were fervent Donald Trump supporters and who are now fervently opposed to him and his policies. This too shall pass. We are stronger than this. We are better than this. We have more moral clarity than this as a nation. More people voted for Hillary Clinton. Millions more voted for Hillary Clinton. This nation's heart is good. It's better than voting for Donald Trump. It might take some time. It's not an immediate fix. Don't get yourself caught up in a microwave, fast food kind of an attitude that you want it fixed right now because that's not going to happen. Brace yourselves for the fight. The elections are a major part of that. Don't get so down that you don't go vote because you don't think it doesn't count. It fucking counts. It's the single most important thing 
that you'll do this year relative to this country is going to vote. But cheer up, Krissa. Things are good. Well, also, I, I notice, I mean, obviously on social media, a lot of trash gets amplified and it's hard to escape that. But most of the time, you see a lot of people banding together and yeah. sharing their own stories, sharing their own outrage. And so I think most people are good and most people get it. And sometimes, unfortunately, the loudest voices or the most prominent tweets or the most prominent Facebook posts can be filled with trash. But we get we get the false impression that that is the norm. And I, I think we need to remember that that isn't the norm and uh, that that's just being amplified in your face. That's an idea that helps me. Don't know <laughs> if it will help you. All right. right. <laughs> So the other thing that we're going to get into next episode, tomorrow night, tonight, I guess, for you guys, since it is 11.34 p.m. on the Sunday for mm-hmm. Brittany Page and I on the West Coast. Do you hate when I give all the sausage? I cannot believe you just told everyone what time and what day it is. Uh, the other thing is um, we'll get more into the shooting that took place in Pittsburgh. The horrible deplorable, disgusting act of right-wing, anti-Jewish, racist, white supremacist, domestic terrorism. That 11 people were gunned down. A 97-year-old Holocaust survivor was killed. Someone who survived fucking Adolf Hitler was killed by a racist in America. There's something intrinsically wrong with that, and not just based on the fact that they were killed at the hands of a gun. We're going to finish the episode with one last email about this topic. Jesse and Brittany. As I sit here in front of my computer trying to write this email, my heart sits in two places simultaneously. It sits in my throat and it sits at my feet. It sits in my throat in fear and it sits at my feet in pain and disappointment. I cannot even begin to fathom the events that took place this morning at a synagogue in Pittsburgh whilst I sit here in my synagogue wondering if that could be me or if I or someone I love could be the next one to die because of religious belief. A lot of people will say this is a gun issue, and it is. There's no doubt about that. But for me, this issue goes far beyond guns. As the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor, I know how much pain my grandfather endured in his time in the camps themselves, and also forever after the fact. Since the very beginning of our existence, people have sought to otherize Jews. Whether the Crusades, the Inquisition, pogroms in Russia, the Holocaust, the Israel-Palestinian conflict, and countless other examples, Jews have always been the other. But we look, talk, act, and behave like you. I don't have a huge nose or horns coming out of the back of my head, a real stereotype of Jews, by the way. We are the same in every single way, but a difference in belief. Because we don't believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we deserve to be massacred at every turn? This is a gun issue, no doubt, but this is also an issue that has been around for thousands of years, making someone the other. 
No one deserves to live their life constantly looking over their shoulder like my grandfather did because of his experiences in the concentration camps. We are all human and we all deserve to live in a world where we are treated based on our merits, not the color of our skin or the way we express our belief in God. We don't like it when it happens anywhere else around the world. We get up in arms when we hear about religious persecution or other types of violence. But why is it okay to do it here? Why is it okay to make someone the other in America, but nowhere else? Why is Israel the target of so much hatred and vitriol? Is it because it has done something wrong? Nope. Has Israel been perfect? Hell no. No country is. But to be demonized the way it has been in the last 70 years is antithetical to the way Israel has behaved. So why? Because the country was founded by Jews who were seeking refuge after watching their families and everything they ever knew and loved be burned to the ground. Honestly, I don't know why I'm writing this email. I can't seem to keep my thoughts from floating this way, and I figured better to get them out than keep them here to make me even more sad. Much love, Kate from NorCal. That is uh, powerful. And I would hope that every member of the audience, well, hopefully every member of the audience doesn't have to dig deep to find the empathy to, to feel for Kate. This is something that you should not have to be Jewish to feel for. The fact that 11 innocent Americans it shouldn't matter even that they're Americans. Went to church on a Saturday and were murdered. At the hands of a racist. And I'm I'm desperately trying to to control myself of of making this a political thing, but it's almost impossible to do so. When look, Republicans are making hay all over the place about the fact that a guy who supported Bernie Sanders for one election shot and almost killed Steve Scalise. But the fact of the matter is, Bernie Sanders didn't traffic in the kind of rhetoric at all. That Donald Trump traffics in. The blame lies at the feet of Donald Trump for creating this political atmosphere. For raising the temperature of rhetoric in this country. To the level that men all across this country. White, paranoid, weak men across this country. Are taking up arms against black folks in grocery stores. And Jews who are doing nothing more than worshiping on the Sabbath in their sanctuary. That's a problem. So I guess I don't apologize for bringing it back to politics. Because it plays a role. But but, but know this. Sorry, Brittany. Uh, Kate. You have people out there who love you. Who care about you. We don't know you. But we deeply empathize with your pain. And I cannot imagine being in the position that you are. 
You shouldn't have to fear going to worship the way you worship. It's antithetical to who we are as a country. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to continue with the political conversation, I guess, but I'm going to. And, um, it's unavoidable. So people do keep on having that conversation of, well, Steve Scalise got shot and he was a Bernie supporter. And yes, Bernie didn't um, call for violence. He wasn't saying that he was going to pay people's legal bills and he wasn't saying that he, you know, guys who can body slam are his guy. He wasn't saying those things. Yeah. Um, but not only that... After the shooting, Bernie Sanders came out and forcefully said that it was wrong. Um, quote, let me be as clear as I can be. Violence of any kind is unacceptable in our society, and I condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. Um, talking about how we need to move away from violence in our society. Right. And he didn't back away and then five minutes later get right back to the rhetoric, rhetoric of violence and division and hate. He didn't do that. That's what I'm saying. Because so, that's not Bernie Sanders. Yeah. That's what Donald Trump is doing. Right. So Bernie Sanders condemned the violence directly. He didn't just say we need unity. He didn't just say that we need to be peaceful. He condemned it um, because it was his supporter. So yeah. he felt that he, there was a strong need for him to do that. He felt a responsibility right. to answer. And yes, Donald Trump did call for peace and unity. But like you said, five hours later, he was back blaming the media and he, he gaslighting also, the nation. He's, he's also skirting around the issue that this guy's a supporter. Well, I guess he 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 liked me better than others. But I, I don't know. I, who knows? Uh, uh. Right. Just own it. Yeah, Just well, he can't, because there's no responsibility taken with this fuck. Yeah, and, you know, we had a comment on the Facebook page where someone was like, oh, so you guys are celebrating? You're you really guys happy are that he's Republican, right? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding? That is the it's, most absurd thing yeah. that I have heard, that anyone would be celebrating anything. It's a rational douchebaggery when people are dead. In the aftermath of people losing their lives, and the risk of people losing their lives in the case of the bombing... Um, that was Multiple, very serious. A, a, over a dozen assassination attempts. So the fact that someone would say, are you guys happy and celebrating that he's a Republican? No. It's just relevant information. Okay. His van was all over the news. Right. Um, the fact that he... Which Donald Trump didn't see. What? Had I didn't see it. Had been to multiple rallies that he was a huge fan and that he was radicalized by a lot of these conspiracy theories online. So, yeah, that is relevant. That is relevant. Because when we're looking for answers as to what happened to these people, their social media is relevant. The things that have impacted them in their lives are relevant. All of it. Yeah. All of their history is relevant. Yes, it is important. For sure. So, anyway, Kate, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for the email. Everybody, thank you for your voicemails and emails. We appreciate it very much. We're going to be back in just hours with another episode to talk about Donald Trump's reaction to this and anything that breaks in the meantime. Um, we would love to have you subscribe to the show. A lot of people, they, they stream the show on the website. Go find a podcatcher on your smartphone. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Subscribe to the show so we can just get served right up on your app. You can listen to us in your car, in your headphones, whatever. We'd love to have you listen to us uh, twice a week or as often as you can, three times a week almost, because we're at 90% on the Patreon dial. 
Good times. Again, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email the voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Well, she did not show up. They told her, hey, bitch, don't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever it was, she wasn't there. (laughs) 